way. Okay, all right, we're going this direction. So somebody needs to hear this. So, you know, a lot of us don't have a problem giving. We don't have a problem giving when there's a need. For the most part, we don't. But where we have a problem is receiving. Hmm, that's good, especially for men. It's hard for men because we're the providers, you know, we're the ones that have our, we're, we're protecting and taking care of our family. I don't need any help, you know. And so it's a little difficult. And so this is why God was putting this on my heart. But it starts with, you got to understand that God wants you blessed, all right? He wants you blessed. When you look at the whole scheme of things and, and the whole picture of behind what he's calling you to do in order for you to accomplish it, in or, or, in, and to do it well, you need to be blessed, right? Right, all right? But see, it's so hard for us to wrap our head around the fact that we want to be blessed because forever it's been always just said that Christians are just, should just be poor, pitiful me, right? And that couldn't be further from the truth. That's unscriptural. And, and so what I'm going to talk about today is abundance. Everybody say Abundance. And I think for years, everybody talked about it was called the prosperity message or the prosperity teaching. And now before I get into this, prosperity and blessings and abundance, all of that has been abused in the ministry. It has, to a certain degree. You've all seen the televangelist that comes on. If you give $5 today, you'll receive 500 next week. Come on, that's not going to happen, right? But it's been abused. And it's... Uh, and it's made people have a different look on what it means to be blessed, right? And it's very important to understand that God wants you blessed, all right? Everybody said that, God wants me blessed. Come on, you didn't sound like, I don't think you had that. You know, he really wants you blessed. And look, there's many variables that tie into why you're blessed and why some people are more blessed more than other people, all right? And, 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 but it, it starts with understanding that fact, Okay? It starts there. And many variables are your heart. And what are your motives? Because, listen, you don't want to be, you don't pursue blessings or abundance just so you can fatten the bank account, right? No, you pursue blessings and abundance so that you can fulfill whatever the will of God is for your life and do it well. Because what does it do? When you do what God's called you to do and you do it well, who gets the glory from that? God himself, right? So, God wants you blessed. We got that? He does. And, and too often as Christians, we just think of that we're just supposed to have just barely enough to get by. And what happens is, is people are afraid of being associated with the prosperity teaching or the, the having too much. I don't want to be the name it and claim it group. All right? And I remember those were back in the 80s when that was going on. But listen... You don't need to get to the point to where you don't want to be associated with it, where you push the idea of abundance completely aside and don't pursue it because it's important for you to pursue it because it, the whole scheme of things, the way God set the system up for churches to operate and for your life to operate simply based off of the sowing and reaping principle. And that principle has been in the earth ever since God sowed his son into this earth to reap each and every one of us. You ever thought about that? That's exactly what he did, and that's pretty, pretty powerful. I thought about it Friday night. We watched The Passion here, and I'm going to tell you, gosh, I hadn't seen that movie in a long time. That's pretty, pretty intense. I think everybody should watch that about once a year because it's, it's, it, it I mean, even 
even after the movie, after it was over, you just sat there for a minute. You didn't know what to do. It was pretty intense, you know, for what Jesus had to go through. But listen, you don't need to push back on the whole idea of abundance. It's important. It's very much a part of what God's called you to do. All right, now look, there's no better strategy than finding the, for finding the truth than going to the Word, right? So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to see what Jesus says. So we're going to look at Matthew 25, 29. Now this is the, this is the story of the talents here, and, story, and Jesus is talking here. He says, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So that's pretty clear right there. God doesn't have a problem with us possessing abundance with the right heart, with the right motives, understand. All right? What he, where the problem comes in is when we allow abundance to possess us. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you allow abundance to possess you, then your motives are wrong. You're going to be the one that's chasing money, that's chasing power, that's chasing the big car, the big house, all of that to appease your own desires. That's where the motives get wrong, and that's where the heart issue is, all right? Amen? Come on, I know it's kind of hard to hear that, but it's pretty clear. God wants you blessed, amen? And he doesn't want you blessed to appease your own desires. He wants you blessed to be a blessing to the kingdom of God in some capacity. All right? That's very important. Very, very important. He wants you blessed so you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Because you need it. Think about it. When you go through a hard time, what comes out of it? Your testimony. All right? Your testimony. And I'm going to tell you this. It's been more people come to Christ because of someone's testimony than me standing up here preaching every Sunday. So your testimony is very important. All right? And the power of that testimony brings not glory to you, but glory to what God did for you in that situation. And that's what has the impact on people's lives. Amen? So you need the abundance. You need it. All right? And you need it to do what God's called you to do and to do it good. Right? And look, I've heard so many, so many times, and I won't keep harping on this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a point here about how Christians constantly feel like, well, can't good Christians just be happy with enough to get by? Now, listen, that's not even scriptural. There's nowhere in the Bible that it says that, all right? See, we got to, you got to have the, the right attitude, all right, and, and the right motives to use what God blesses you with to impact your realm of influence. And he wants to, you know, we serve a good God, right? We do. We serve an awesome God. Now, if you study the parable of the talents, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do encourage you, if you're struggling in this issue, to read Matthew 14, 25, 14 through 30 and read it. Read it over. Read it again. Meditate on it and pray about it and allow God to reveal some things to you. He'll do it. You've got the Holy Spirit. If you've been born again, you've got the Holy Spirit. He's with you. He's the teacher. He's going to guide you and lead you through it. But take the time to study it out. All right? So I'm going to read here, we'll pick up in verse 20. And I'm going to read 20 through 28. It says, The servant whom he entrusted with five bags of silver came forward five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. 
The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so now I'll give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant, gathered the crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant, and he gave it to the one with the ten bags of silver. Listen, from that, what I want you to see is two of the servants were, they were faithful. All right? They did good with what they were entrusted with. This is what we're to do with what God entrusts us with. We don't actually own anything that we have. We've been blessed with it from our Heavenly Father in one way or another, and we are just simply to be good stewards of it while we use it on this earth. Amen? But look, the two faithful, two servants were called faithful because they multiplied what they were entrusted with. But look what happened to the one servant who just maintained it. He just kept enough to get by. He was called lazy. Scripture says that's lazy. That's lazy. And listen, and not just only that, the master took his money away. He said, no, no, if you're not going to be wise with what I'm going to entrust you with, you're not going to have it. All right? So think about it. When you're, when, when, if you're in a situation and you're wondering why you haven't seen any blessings, do a heart checkup. Do a heart check. What are your motives? All right, are you going to be wise with what you're being blessed with? Because think about it. If God, people, I've heard, I heard a gentleman say this, he said, I'm, what do you believe in God for? Well, I'm, I, need, I need this, this, and this, and I need a million dollars. He didn't really need a million dollars. He didn't really know what he needed, but he just wanted a million dollars. So he was praying for a million dollars. And I simply told him, I said, you know, I said, if you can't budget the $50,000 a year, why would God entrust you with a million dollars? He's not going to. He's not going to. So, all right. Not fun to hear, but very true. Very true. All right, so, and listen, the fact that, it's, that, that Scripture says that it's lazy just to kind of get by. I mean, if you think about back in Genesis 1, I think it was verse 22, what was the first command that God gave man? It was to, nobody knows it, to be fruitful and multiply. That was it, all right? Now, look, he wasn't just talking about having babies there. All right, that's what everybody ties that to. Fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. God wants you to be fruitful and multiply. Know what God was declaring right there. He was saying, whatever that I entrust you with, I want you to multiply it and then present it back to me, back to my kingdom. All right? That's what he was wanting us to do. Now, what does that look like? Well, it's very simple. You just take whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever money, whatever career, whatever your job, whatever your business is, whatever it is that you've been blessed, you use it to the best of your abilities, you use it as wise as you possibly can, and you follow God's leading with that. That's, there's that relationship. He will lead you on how to, how to use it. And then you take it and you use it as he leads you. And then as it begins to prosper, you begin to use it for your needs, and then you go back to God. God, what's next? Where do I need to go? And he'll lead you. Well, so-and-so needs their power bill paid. So-and-so needs some groceries. So-and-so lost their job. 
All right, God will lead you. And then he just wants you to be willing and obedient to follow him. And then the blessings continue to come, continue to come. Because listen, the more you're blessed, the more you can be blessed, a blessing. And the more that you are a blessing, the more glory goes to God himself. Amen. That's, yeah, come on, that's very, very important. And look, the biggest thing that always comes up when you talk about money is pride and greed. And it's a, it should come up. It should come up because, listen, you need to understand that it can happen. And it's happened to a lot of well-known big ministers. It's happened to a lot of well-known businessmen. Things get going good. They start, going, they, start, they, start, they start getting the big head, and they start only pursuing the dollars, and then they lose sight of everything else. Eventually, it will lead to a downfall. Come on, because the motives are wrong. But the, it's important to remember that it can happen don't allow it to happen because that's one of Satan's number one ways to deceive you and pull you aside and distract you, all right? Don't allow it to happen. The balance. Remember, we talk about the balance. Drive in the middle of the road. It's no fun driving in the ditch. Keep it in the middle. Now, let's look at Isaiah 119. Isaiah 119 says, and this is just a, this one short scripture, but I love this. It says, if you are willing and obedient you will eat the good things of the land. And when I was putting this together, God was like, you know, if people, he was t- telling me, if people are not eating the good of the land, you got to make sure that they qualify for the benefits of God. Are they willing? Are they obedient? And are, are listen, it starts with tithing. Are they sowing into the kingdom of God? Because remember, you're going to reap what you sow. The principles of sowing and reaping it, and, and it's not just money, all right? People talk about, well, I have so much hate in my family. Maybe you need to sow some love into your family, all right? Some, I had a gentleman, a businessman, a friend of mine, he was, he was having a really hard time with a group of employees that he had. He had about 12 employees, and he's like, gosh, these guys are just getting on my nerves. I can't, da, 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 da. I'm like, whoa, slow down, slow down. What are you sowing into them? Because you're going to reap what you get, what you sow. And he stopped and he thought. I said, as hard as it is, you need to humble yourself and sow a little love into those employees. He called me back about six weeks later. He said, man, he said, you're not going to believe the change in my, in my staff. He said, it was just like daylight and dark. You know, the principles of sowing and reaping work. And they're going to work. I had a customer, a friend of mine, and probably shared this story, but he... Uh, he, he had mega bucks, and I really don't know how much he had, but he had enough to, I'm sure, millions uh, to travel and do as he wanted, whatever he wanted. And when he would come down, he had a cabin behind the house, and when he would come down, he would call me and say, hey, come down, you know, let's talk, let's have coffee. And it was never to, it was just talking. He would share stories of how he fished the Amazon and hunted in all these different parts of Africa, and he was writing a book, and it was just interesting. He wasn't a very spiritual man, but he did know Jesus, and he did so into the kingdom. He was a very giving man, and he, he, um, he, he, you know, he paid his tithe yearly to his church, and I, I'm sure that was a chunk. And he he gave Auburn University he was very very involved there. He gave them a million dollars a year for the football program, and he just you know he was a very giving man. And he told me he said one day we were talking about that, and he said. He said, you know, he said, Alan, he said, I don't understand. He said, he said, I love to give. It's fun to give. And I said, it is. It is fun to give. 
And he said, but the more money I give, it just comes back. And I said, you got it. You got it. And he said, what? I said, you got it. You're sowing with a good heart and good motives. You got it. That's why it's coming back. And he just sat there for a minute and he laughed. He said, wow, I never thought about it like that. But see, the, the laws of sowing and reaping work. They work even if you're realized. And you don't, listen, you don't give to get. You don't do that. You have to have this, the heart issue. Some people are out there wondering why they've never been blessed. Well, I give, I give. But what's your heart issue? What's your motives? Are you giving, with a, are you giving out of a cheerful, loving heart just to help someone because of the situation they're in, because of your willingness and obedience to follow God? Huh? Are you doing that? And then allowing God to bless you, because he will. He will because he knows that your motives are right and that you will be a blessing to the kingdom of God as he leads you. And that's what he wants. That's what he wants us to be willing and obedient, to be servants, to follow him as he leads us. And you know, so it's easy for us to, to be obedient to God because humans can follow a rule. But where people miss it most of the time is the willingness part. Willing, being willing, being willing. That's hard. It's hard. Willing is, a, is where you're doing it just straight out of the love for God and what he's a trying to accomplish in this world and your part to play in it. And you just love it so much and him so much for what he's done for you and, and what he's, with a place that he's put you in that you just want to see it happen and then you just cheerfully are giving out of that heart. Amen? And very, very important. But you need to make sure that you are willing and you are obedient as God leads you all right, and that you're qualified for the benefits of the blessing. Are you tithing? Are you sowing into the kingdom of God? Amen. Learn to set yourself up to be in the right standing to receive all the benefits that God has for you. Tap into all his systems. You hear me say that a lot. Tap into them. Tap into them. All right, making sure you qualify. Now, let's look at Matthew, uh, no, let's look at 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19. I want to show you something else here. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. That's very interesting. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Now, look, there's a lot in that scripture right there. But what I want to really look, like, look at and what I want to break down is verse 17. And it starts with the word rich. What do you think of when you hear that word, rich? Most people automatically think of the, the, who's got the biggest house, who's got the fanciest car, who's the businessman. I'm going to tell you. Most of your small business people are not extremely wealthy. I'm on. You small business owners are going, amen, brother. You know, we're, doing, we, we're surviving just like you. But listen, when we hear rich, we automatically think of money. And to be rich, rich is an abundance. It is more than enough to do what God's called you to do. That's it. That's it. It's more than enough. It's not just a million dollars in the bank account. All right? And so what I want you to see out of that is this verse does apply to us. And I'll tell you why. Because if you truly think of the church from a global world view, which we should, 
And too often we just we get stuck right here in America and what we're accomplishing here, what are we doing here. But you know what? The church is everywhere. And if you think of the church from a global viewpoint and you think of the standard of living that you have here, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. And at Regent University did a study and it said that if you have a house, if you have clothes on your back, a car, a job, and food in your refrigerator, you are richer than 62% of this world. 62%. So you're rich. I, want, I just wanted to say you're rich. I want you to understand. See yourself that way and be grateful for it. Be grateful for it. Now, everybody's at different levels, okay? Understand that. Everybody's at different levels. But the next thing I want you to see from this is, is trust. Trust. It says right there, it says, says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, all right? So being rich here isn't the issue, is it? No, because money itself's not good or bad, right? No, absolutely not. It's just paper, right? Money laying on the ground. If I laid a $100 bill right here, it would just be a piece of paper laying on the ground. And 500, probably 50 of you guys would run up here to try to get it. But, no. but listen, it's not about how much money you possess. It's about trust. Trust. And then what's important for you to see here is that your trust should not be in that bank account. All right? If you've got a fat bank account, that's great. That means you've been wise with what God is stewarding you with. I mean, been a good steward for what God is entrusting you with. All right? But you need to put your trust in your heavenly Father and not in the dollars alone. Amen. Because your dollars are unreliable. I know a gentleman right now that has mega bucks and millions of dollars, and he tries to buy all kinds of this and that and this and that toys, and he's just an unhappy person. He's got more money than he'll ever spend in his lifetime, but he's very unhappy, and it's simply because. His motives are just after the dollar, going after the dollar, after the dollar. He can have anything he wants, but he's not happy. Because his trust is there, and his trust is not in his heavenly Father. Come on. Where it should be. I mean, think about that. We should all do a checkup. Just do a simple checkup and say, what is your heart? Are you trusting in that paycheck? Come on, I've worked many jobs where I have got that weekly check or every two weeks. I know what it means. Wednesday, you start looking, and you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to... You know, i got to eat crackers tomorrow the next couple of days until I get that check. I know how that feels. But is your trust in that check, or is it in God himself, the one who provided you with the gifts and the talents so that you could have the career, the one who entrusted you and created opportunities for you to be where you are to make the paycheck, right? So your trust needs to go there first, and then the check is just a byproduct. It's just a byproduct. It's a means for God to bless you so that you can be a blessing and fulfill what he's called you to do and you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Amen. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper. Amen. Now, I want to read this. You know, whenever I'm breaking something down, I like to read different translations. And I'm going to read this out of a translation I found called the Passion Translation. I don't recommend that you just jump around and read a lot of translations unless you can really discern because some, some translations can send you way over here in left field. But this one hit this, hit, hit this verse 
right on the nail head. And it says this, it says, To all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of your pride over your prosperity, or rely on your wealth for your riches, or unreliable, and nothing compared to living God, to the living God. Trust instead in the one who has lavished upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Remind the wealthy to be rich in good works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. This will provide a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure them for a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of true life. Man, can you see from that? I mean, can you see from that clearly that our trust needs to be in God, the one who gives us all the good things? How great is that? How great is that? And then it goes on. It says, it reminds us to be rich in good works, extravagant in generosity, and willing to share with others. I mean, if that does not describe the blessed to be a blessing life, I don't know what does. To bless to be a blessing. God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing into the kingdom of God. He wants you to be blessed to be generous. He wants you to be blessed so that you can bring glory to him in a higher way. Come on, he wants you to be blessed so that people that can see you and say, I want what you got. Not necessarily wanting the money, but they want the happiness, the true life that they see in your relationship with your heavenly father. So, listen, abundance is a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, you don't pursue just abundance. If God blesses you with abundance, then you've been very good at whatever it is that he's called you to do. You've been very wise with what he's entrusted you with. All right? So, but he wants you blessed. And let me say this about receiving blessings. When people try to bless you with something, that's okay. It's okay. Because, listen, they're obeying God when they come to bless you. And your job is just simply to receive the blessing, take it, Use it if you need it. If you don't need it, your relationship with God, you thank him for it. God, what do you want me to do? I've been blessed. How can I be a blessing to someone else? It's that simple. It's that simple. And if it's a big gift, I've had many big gifts been blessed with those. Then that's just more that you can be a blessing for someone else. And don't ever, ever, ever forget the power of your testimony. I'm telling you, more people come to Christ based off of a testimony of someone's life or something that happened and how God saw you through it and brought you through it than from anybody preaching. It all comes from the relationship and that testimony. And how much greater, if God blesses you with something major, something large, the power of your testimony when you stand before a group of people and you can say, God did this. Praise him and all the glory to him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. And I thank you for each and every person here. As always, I thank you for the hearts. And I pray that they, they understand, Lord, that they play an important part into advancing your kingdom, Lord. And I pray that they understand that, that, that your provision for them to accomplish what you called them to do, that's just part of your plan. That's part of your plan. And it's okay. 
It's okay, but Father, I pray that nobody gets distracted. Nobody is shooting for the dollar to fat their bank account. I pray that their hearts stay pure, stay clean, and, and they stay a willing, obedient servant to follow your leading. And as you bless them, in whatever means that may be, Father, as you bless them, I pray that not only will they prosper, but their hearts will remain pure and they will seek the opportunities to bless others to advance the kingdom of God. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory for everything that you've done. And Father, I want to thank you for anybody that may be in this house that may not know you as Lord and Savior. If there's anybody in here, I want to take a minute and I want to pray with you. Or maybe you've 